Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to bring you my biggest bedding sale ever, just in time for Christmas. Get my Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98. A set of pillowcases, only $9.98. Rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. We also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles. We even have blankets for your pets. Get duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. All at the biggest discounts ever. I know my bedding products are perfect for you, and I'm extending my money-back guarantee for Christmas until March 1st, 2023, making them the perfect gifts for your friends, your family, and everyone you know. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen, use your promo code, and you'll get huge discounts on all my pillow bedding products, including my Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98. Get all your shopping done now while quantities last. It's time to resist. They can't arrest us all. And they can't keep all your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and feckless bureaucrats. We can simply say no. Not again. The only way to stop these mandates is to refuse to comply. Refuse to show vaccine passports. Refuse to wear a mask. Refuse to stay at home. We will not comply with Fauci. We will not comply with Joe Biden. And we will not comply with authoritarian governors. I am not going to comply. This ends now. Broadcasting live and live to Patriot Control of America. You're listening to the Patriot Party Podcast. Now on the show, the chair is against the wall. The muskrat jumps over the berm. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. Drummer on a drum kit Ain't it red, white, and blue Doing their thing Playing their part Living the dream With an all-American heart Hey, 
edition of the patriot party podcast i am mick and with me of course is my much better beloved better half v lynn hello patriots and it, we have a, a rare gem today i'm very excited a very rare gem mm-hmm. um because although we've tried two other times it's very rare that you get your opening song mm-hmm. and you get to interview the guy who sang it absolutely so this rarity comes to us tonight as a very rare event <laughs> and uh without further ado because he's been tried to be in here two other times mm-hmm. and those two have unsuccessfully failed but we played those opening songs in the beginning if you were listening for the 15 yep. minutes of Liana's lounge you heard that music as well um and i'm sure a lot of people were a little confused with the first one i, but- I will say texas trout real quick um make sure you have your cbd handy texas trout shoveled snow for the first time today <sighs> you are going to be so sore tomorrow darling you, <laughs> you just no used, idea you just used muscles that you, you have never have used your whole entire life shoveling snow is a whole different exercise so um yeah we're so happy we don't have to do that anymore yeah yeah but again without further ado mm-hmm. mr ross welcome sir how you doing hey i'm great and i'm happy to be here thank you for uh doing everything you've done to get me on. I know it's been a little bit of a challenge, but uh, I greatly appreciate it. We're happy to have you. We've enjoyed it. We're pretty flexible. It doesn't mean we won't bust your balls a little bit, but we're pretty flexible, so. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Go ahead, I just got them super good back together, so they're good to go. (laughs) Stuff like that, those are the responses she's never counting on. (laughs) I love it. Fantastic, so. uh, Tell us about yourself, like, um, you know, toot your own horn, introduce yourself. Wait, Who are you yeah. just for everybody that doesn't know? Well, my name is Andy Ross, and I've been blessed to do a lot of great things. Uh, I've been able to turn a lot of passions into uh, into success by chasing my American dream. 
because I was born and raised and, and fortunate to live in this great country where you can, uh, you know, you can have a goal and pursue it and go for it. Um, I spent 10 years on the Outdoor Channel, Pursuit Channel, bow hunting the world on my TV show, Maximum Archery World Tour. Um, I started a, playing a little bit of music on the show and writing some music, mainly hunting songs. And uh, with the uh, birth of iTunes and file sharing and, and digital downloads and, you know, uh, music started going viral and I started writing better music. Next thing you knew, I found, uh, I found myself in Nashville where I've just recorded my fourth album called Lucky to Be Alive. And in 2015, I had a song out called American Rebel, which became Amer uh, a patriotic anthem. We decided to turn it into a brand and we put some products around it and designed some products and, and built a company out of it. And as of February of this year, we're now a publicly traded company on NASDAQ. So I find myself wearing a CEO hat at the same time. And uh, again, just blessed, uh, chasing the American dream, working hard, uh, living right, living the best I can and uh, enjoying the, you know, the benefits. And now I find myself here uh, on this podcast with you, with you great folks. So again, happy to be here. Well, that is amazing. Where did you have a goatee or a beard when yes. you were on the outdoor? Yeah. I do recognize you. Yeah. I was at a couple tapings with uh, uh, Jason Clark. He's the, uh, uh, he's the world's top number one handgun champion. Oh, four, fantastic. Four or five time handgun champion. He also used to be a Delta Force operator, but we won't get into that. I mean, he <laughs> did, he got some of his training is some of the best that's ever been around, but uh, I'm, I'm good friends with him. I've been to a couple of the shoots with him and I was just wondering, because I thought I'd seen you before. I'm like, man, I know this guy, but I just, I, I have to visit, I have to see you with a goatee. Now I, yeah. Yeah. You know, when you uh, had, had the goatee all the way around the beard, you know, for most of the uh, probably eight of the 10 years that I did the TV show, for sure. Yeah, I, I think I've seen you before or uh, we've been in this. We've been in the same circle. I've heard your name before. I was like, Andy Ross, man, I know this. But everybody's named Andy Ross these days. It's like John Smith. <laughs> everybody's named John Smith. So. <laughs> so, uh, so. I, I love your music. A lot of a uh, lot of patriotic stuff kind of fits right in with with what we're talking about. How do you feel about what's going on? How how is it affecting you and and your your industry? I mean, you're making products. You're run, trying to run a business. How's how's this Biden's economy working out for you? Oh man! Well, you know we uh, in the bit. You know, one of our primary flagship products is we make gun safes. Oh, and, you know, in a, uh, in, a, in, a, in a Trump world, you know, where, where he's very patriotic and we're very patriotic and you, know, you, you think to yourself, well, that must be, you know, the best thing for American rebel. But honestly, when when people get into the into the White House and in the, in, into office that make such poor decisions and run things so terribly wrong, people get worried and people get concerned. And when people get worried and concerned and violence picks up and it moves from not just in the cities, but the suburbs, you know, they're the best gun salesmen in the world. Obama was one of the, probably the best gun salesmen in the world. And when people buy guns, they buy gun safe. So, um, you know, we've been we're doing great. Um, I don't know that uh, I would say the same thing about the condition of, you know, the, the America I want to leave for my children and grandchildren. And I have concerns about that. But. If you're asking me strictly about business, 
Um, you know, sales are strong. Um, supply chain's still a little weak. Um, you know, we're, we're doing, at American Rebel, we're doing great. But uh, I think I think that, you know, the country really needs to, to wake up and, and take a look at uh, some of these policies that are putting in, in place. And, you know, the good, the good side of it, of it is, is, you know, we've only got a couple more years, right? We're halfway, we're getting close to, you know, right at halfway through this. And uh, hopefully the country will wake up, make a better, better decisions. We'll have, uh, not sure yet, you know, we don't know exactly who all is and isn't running, but, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get on the same page and, and make wise decisions. I still believe, you know, a lot of people, I've, I've had this disputed for, but I, I still believe we're the majority. Um, yeah. I think there's I think there's a lot less of us that are willing to, to speak out because if you speak out, you might, you know, get labeled um, as a hater or a racist or something just for, for speaking out. Um, so I we, think, we well, own our labels around here. So we like. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they may, you know, but I still believe we're the majority. And I and I think uh too many people took it for granted that the that last year's presidential election was going to go uh, too easy and not enough of us got out and voted. But I still believe we're the majority and we can win it in 24. Well, um, DeSantis all but declared today. Uh, I don't know if you saw his roundtable um, discussion. We'll play a clip of it later, but he uh, apparently is going to, try and go after or he's going to call a grand jury on Pfizer for vaccine injuries um, since Trump has not come out against the vaccine. That's uh, that's their their big dividing issue there, although I don't think legally they can they can run on the same ticket because they're both residents of the state of Florida. But um, what, what do you think about that? How do you feel about DeSantis versus Trump? Yeah, that's um that that's that's going to be interesting. Um, I think big picture, looking at it, you know, from sixty thousand feet, um, and and you know, in my opinion, I don't, I don't, ninety nine point nine nine nine. I can't imagine any other scenario where my one hundred percent support won't be behind, be behind whichever one gets the nomination. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, uh, you know, I don't know as much. Uh, about the Santas is is maybe you know I'm not from Florida. Um, we've been touring all summer and spend just spent week and a half working in New York and traveling and I'm not quite dialed in just yet um, the way I'd like to be. Um, I you know I don't know I, I can't make it I can't tell I can't make a decision sitting here right now because you know I'd like to hear a little bit of what both of them have to say but I I think. My, my opinion is they're both great options. Um, I don't know how I feel about both options fighting it out because what I don't want the two of them to do is to get up and, and harm each other so bad that it hurts either one of them in the national election. So, uh, I, you know, I'm ready to jump. I'm ready to jump behind and add my support. I'm ready to get in the bus and go out and play and, and be at the rallies and, and see this thing. I just I just hope uh, we get a front runner and everybody rallies behind them. What, uh, where are you just for our edification? Yeah. Where are you looking at? I live in Nashville, Tennessee. All right. So you're still in Tennessee. Wow. I, I'm, I'm in Tennessee until, uh, until the second we put, uh, push the stop button on this and I'm headed to the airport to, for Las Vegas. I'm on the ABC morning show in Las Vegas 
tomorrow and then Phoenix on Thursday. I'm in the ABC morning show in Phoenix. So I'm headed out the door just as soon as we literally hit the stop button. Shoot. Hey, uh, we'll get you out of here on time then. I'll make sure that you're right on time. Either way, the, uh, I, I think the bigger question, because out in Tennessee, uh, like just just yesterday, I just heard and I, I just saw uh, who was it on. Have you heard this narrative that's now being drum up about the vaccine and everything about Trump, how he's not going to come out against it? Have you heard that? I have not heard that. Um, you know, he was president when it was being developed. And he, uh, although he voiced concerns and, you know, um, things with it, you know, he wasn't really standing up against it when he was president either. He was saying, we need to get this developed, develop right and get it out. So, and let, you know, I don't know how he could kind of come back now and say I was completely against a vaccine. Now, if he's got a, a you know particular problem with the way it was you know developed after his presidency and put out, you know, I just don't know what 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 piece of this is he is he going to have an issue with because he he was you know he was pro getting it done um, when he was in office. And, and that's what I wonder. I, I'm worried about that, especially because I ask everybody around the country, because one of the big things, you know, people get this tunnel visioned, cone headed appearance about Trump. They think, oh, I love Trump. I love Trump. And that's all I hear. I love Trump. When you bring up these things, well, wait a minute. Trump, Trump came up with the vaccine. So I still love Trump. They're they're still they're. I mean, they're just the opposite of the the ones that worship Fauci, you know. Correct. They're it's, exactly yeah. the opposite. Yes. And I try to get the take from every part of the country to get an idea of what that part of the country's thinking. We're not too far away. We're in Georgia. I mean, yeah. don't worry about it. We'll be national championship champions again, but you know, we're in Georgia. Um, that happens. Um, but no one cares. We're not too far away, so we're kind of on the same sheet of music. And I just wonder because when I went out, the last time I was in Vegas, I was asking people, I was like, "What are your thoughts about Trump?" And if this comes out that hey, the vaccine sucks, and I've had people in Vegas tell me, "Oh, I still love Trump." Yeah, you know, he he is a, a candidate and a president like we've never seen before. He can run on policy. Um, which he has some outstanding policies. Most certainly but, does. But he, but he also has this. Uh, you know, he's he's fun to root for. I mean, he's entertaining, and he's uh, you know, a blast. It's just it's just more fun when he's out there. I mean, it's just more fun, and uh, you know, it's some. And he's got a you know he's got great attitude. He he doesn't have much of a filter, and he's got a celebrity factor to him too. So. Um, you know, I think a lot of people really love him for, for a lot of different reasons. Um, I'm not sure for sure everybody is 1000% just dove into like I'm evaluating this on policy only. So some, you know, there, he's got a lot of fanfare around him. So as you know, uh, people with fanfare and, and uh, celebrity to them sometimes can get some get out of jail free cards where other people can't. So maybe, maybe people are, uh, you know, looking at him that way. I don't know. So are you going to start touring again? In the spring. Uh, we're definitely going to start touring with the new uh, Lucky to be Alive album out. Um, we'll start touring, uh, touring in the spring and summer. Uh, pretty hard this year. Um, you're in 23. 22 was pretty good. 21 was, you know, kind of slow. 20, 2020, uh, I played 12 shows in 2020, all 12 of them biker rallies. 
So Excellent. my bikers didn't let me down. We still rock. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. The, well, ch the chat is asking, uh, what's your favorite guitar behind you? Oh, well, um, there's really, there's, there's four guitars oh, behind gosh. me, but all three of the, of the electric guitars are all Fender Telecasters and they're all pretty much the same exact guitar. And then the acoustic would have to be my favorite. And I would say that just because it's been with me the longest and I've written so many songs on it. Uh, it's a Gibson J45. And the reason I have the three identical uh, Fender Tellys, where I really only need one, they honestly are the same exact guitar in different shades of, uh, of finish. Um, the reason I have the three is when I'm out playing, I, uh, they'll keep one in a drop D tune. Uh, this one, the middle one is always in drop D tuning. And the one over my shoulder here is always in standard tuning. And then the third one is just kind of like uh, in case a string breaks on one or the other, it replaces the other one. And most of the time I just leave it here. So I can just tell by looking at them, which one's in drop D and which one's in standard tuning. And the, and my, if, if we're playing a bigger show where I have my own guitar tech, he knows which one stays in what tuning. And, you know, so, so if I'm playing, you know, if I'm playing ain't running out of ammo and we want to play rebel, Instead of having to tune up and tune down to from standard to drop D, grab another guitar, hard hand it back, and you know we'll probably we we usually try to put like two of the drop D's in the set list back to back, so I'm not just trading trading. Um, but uh, anyway, that's a long answer to your question, but it's it's really two guitars, and obviously I'm a big fan of the Fender Telecaster and acoustically the the Gibson J45. I mean it's that's that's the go-to standard in Nashville. That's been on so many records that so many people have heard throughout the years. So when you, uh, this is, you start touring in, you said this spring, right? Uh, are you touring with anybody else and are you going to do any Patriot events? Do a lot of Patriot events, played uh, weekend for our heroes, played armed forces day, freedom festival. Uh, we do a lot of stuff like that. Of course, you know, in their own way, all biker rallies are freedom events. Um, so we, we play a lot of that, played NRA Night Race, Bristol Motor Speedway. Uh, so we do a lot of patriotic uh, shows and events. Um, probably, you know, we'll get started in early spring. And as far as, as who we're playing with or not, it just depends. Um, I do shows with Stone Senate, do some shows with the Davison Brothers. The last summer we did some stuff with Hank Jr. and uh, Old Dominion and uh, the Davison Brothers. So you just never know. Sometimes we're the... Sometimes we're the opening act on a great big ticket or we're somewhere in the middle or sometimes we're, you know, headlining a, you know, a 3000 seat, 1500 seat event. So you just never know what we're doing. Sweet. Well, what, yeah. I'm definitely going to have to keep an eye out. You'll have to let us know when you come to Georgia. Oh, for sure. And we will. And we'll be we'll be down there. At the Savannah, yeah, Savannah we're, area. We're, we're on the eastern on the eastern side of Georgia. We're actually closer to Jacksonville than we are to Atlanta because we're you true. Know, we're only like two hours from Jacksonville Not or even. four hours from Now we're Atlanta. an hour from Jacksonville, That's true. babe, because we're an hour south of well, where we used to live. If, if I can, if I can uh, get the schedule, I'll come, we'll come, what we'll do is we'll come, uh, if we're a couple hours away from you, we'll come get you in the tour bus. We'll put, oh, a, we'll put, we'll put a mobile uh, studio awesome. on the bus. Yeah, here we you go. Guys can, you guys can broadcast from backstage from the bus and cover the event and 
and we'll have a blast. Oh, oh yeah, yeah we will awesome. definitely do that. Yeah. That would be the shit. I would enjoy the hell out of that. Yeah. Hell yeah, we're we're pretty flexible, so um, you know, because our our kids get out of school relatively early. Being in the South, you know, they're they're out by like the last week in May. So, and yeah. one of our kids is in private school. The other one asked to go to public school this year um but uh we'll we'll see how that that goes because you know we're hearing they want to bring masks back now i don't think that's going to fly in georgia i doubt it'll fly in tennessee either no but uh we'll we'll see um i, I went to public school until i got sent to military school <laughs> I, I spent two years at wentworth military academy in lexington missouri Holy crap! When I was 12 and 13, I got in a bunch of trouble. That's the one my father threatened me with every time. He's like, I'll send you to military school. And then instead, he just had a judge send me to the army. And he said, now you have no choice, asshole. Go. <laughs> you remember that uh, uh, Cheech and Chong right on uh, the, their first movie, uh, Up in Smoke? Oh, yeah. yeah. And they threatened to send Chong to military school with the Finkelstein shit kid, son of a bitch. Remember that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and he was right at the, uh, if you saw the, the, the entrance was to that school. They used that same entrance. Yeah. I mean, my father always had that brochure out like, oh, I'll send you away tomorrow. I don't give a crap. You keep screwing up. You're going. Wentworth Military Academy, Lexington, Missouri. Yep. 12 and 13, and I had to stay through the summer to, and attend summer camp. I couldn't even go home for the summer. Dang. Dang. Sounds yep. like, was it good for you, though? Oh, I, you know, in hindsight, I, I, I would have to say it probably wasn't the worst idea in the world. It, it is funny because a lot of my childhood and school years, I couldn't tell you many stories, but I remember about every day of, of that year and a half two years there yeah so that that stuff is uh you never forget it it's something that just kind of sticks with you once you yeah. do it you know what it means yeah yeah our, our teenagers in military school but he asked to be there he's in a, a private catholic military school so they don't they and it's run by monks and they don't give a shit so he's on the rifle team and um awesome. you know he's a he's a damn good shot actually you know we're we're raising our kids to be to be men, not pussy boys. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't call them. it is where I did learn to shoot a bow when I had to stay for the summer in summer camp. They taught us how to, you know, to canoe and, you know, midshipmen and bowmen and sturmen and, and, and how to shoot bows and tie knots and build fires. And, you know, it was completely different than the school year. And that is where my love of archery came about, which is in a roundabout way. How I landed on, you know, having a TV show for 10 years on outdoor TV bow hunting, uh, which led to music, which led to my business. So, um, you know, it, it, it definitely, uh, definitely has some memories. When I, now that I think about it, if you go on early in the morning, I think your TV show is still on, on outdoor TV, only because I've been up at like two 30 or one, one o'clock in the morning. I was like, Hey, I wonder what's on. Oh, they're shooting. Oh, let me go watch what they're shooting out there. I yeah. think I saw one of your shows the other night. Maybe they want to teach people how to miss first thing in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> have you, uh, you, have you taught your own kids that you, you know, you said you have kids and grandkids. So, um, have you tried to instill that same, uh, love of the outdoors and, and, shooting hunting, the bow and, and shooting and hunting and stuff like that? Yeah, they, you know, the, um, 
they like but the boys like to hunt but they're they're more you know fair weather hunters when deer season rolls around they get a little excited when duck season rolls around but they're they're into way more things than i was i mean they're they're you know they're playing football on friday nights when they were in high school and and you know basketball they're way more into sports the girls were into the cheerleading in fact my daughter was a cheerleader at ku uh for five years you know rock chalk jayhawk uh, the wonderful basketball team that you always see in the final four and so you know they they had a lot of other different hobbies i'm for whatever reason i'm always like singular focused i mean i've got like two or three things i do in my life and i do them you know 24 7 and uh I'm not as well-rounded as, as they are, but man, when I got into, when I got into bow hunting and then, you know, to have the opportunity to do the TV show and hunt literally around the world, um, you know, why wouldn't you be into it at that point? You know, you, you've got so much opportunity to hunt so many places. I talk to people all the time. I mean, I haven't done the show, so it's reruns you're seeing. I haven't done the show in seven years. Um, I re, you know, I had to either do the show or play music. It got to the point where I was playing so much music and then the company and, and I'd done, I mean, you bow hunt in the mountains and woods for seven months a year. And then two or three months out of the year, you're at trade shows, Iowa deer classic and great American outdoor show. I mean, you, you do that for 10 years. It, you can, you can be ready to pull it to the curb, but um, you know, I got to do a lot of crazy things. I, I, I use this analogy you remember when your kids were little and I mean like toddlers and you'd push them in the swing, you know, and they would go like two feet and they loved it until you pushed them three feet. Then they didn't want to go two feet no more. And then when you started swinging them five feet, you know, they never wanted to go three feet no more. And we started hunting dangerous game uh, with a bow. I killed the third largest coastal brown bear in the world with a bow. We're hunting grizzly bears. We're, we're hunting, uh, did the big five with a bow. Uh, mountain goats, hunted sharks with a bow, um, you know, all kinds of things that can kill you. And um, rattlesnakes with blow guns. I mean, we, we, we've just done all kinds of things. And uh, it got to be, okay, what's the next stupid thing we can do? Because, you know, who wants to go turkey hunting now, right? <laughs> you know, we just, we, just, we just came off, of, you know, a, a six-week lion hunt, for crying out loud. Who wants to go turkey hunting? Um, I was in a camp in Alaska hunting brown bear with a guy, there, there was only two hunters. There were me, I was bow hunting with Tom Kirstein, my cameraman Mike was there. And uh, there was a kid from Mexico named Chama. And Chama spoke a little bit of English. He was rifle hunting a brown bear. There was us two hunters. Well, we left that brown bear hunt. We went on a black bear hunt. We went on a caribou hunt and we got back to the States where we had some service and you know, I had I think we still even had like voicemails back then and stuff, and there were still pay phones and that kind of thing. And uh, even though cell phones were out, um, anyway, Mike, my main man, Mike, he comes, he comes to me and he says, "Hey, you remember that guy, Chama, that was in the you know bear camp on Kodiak Island?" I said, "Yeah, I remember Chama." He said, "Well, apparently he's kind of a wealthy guy, and his parents have this big ranch, big you know." hundreds of tens of thousands and not hundreds of thousands of acres in Mexico, like South of Belize. And they got this big ranch and it's so big. They had their own Catholic church for weddings and funerals and grocery stores. They had three cantinas, which are bars on it, you know, all owned, you know, all property of the ranch. And he said, uh, one of the hobbies that the grandparents have, they raise bullfighting bulls for, uh, 
you know, for the purpose of bullfighting and sell them in Spain and all that stuff. And he said, they're really mean. And, and like in the cattle ranch, sometimes things get loose. And every once in a while, these bullfighting bulls of one or two will get loose and they breed in the wild. And now you got feral bullfighting bulls running around in the wild. Well, the only, the only thing they can do is send the cowboys out with spotting scopes and rifles and shoot them because you can't round them up. They'll just attack the horse and kill the cowboy. Well, Chama told his granddad he knew somebody that was dumb enough to come down here and hunt one with a bow. And they, want to, they want to send a plane after us and fly us down to Mexico and, and have you hunt have you hunt a feral bullfighting bull with a bow. And I was like, all right. So we did it. And uh, I take up the whole podcast telling you how stupid it is and how dangerous it was and how we're so fortunate to have gotten out of that. Try this at home, folks. No, I'll tell, I'll tell you, it, it, what we didn't understand was they've never done it. So, and they didn't want to go with us. Like they would stay on the mountain with the spotting scopes to try to find a small herd, but they weren't going down the mountain and getting close. And this, 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 uh, Guy, this uh, this other fellow who didn't speak English hands trauma this machete and tells tells you know hands it to Mike and tells him to take this and I said what's that for what am I going to do with that and he, and there's these 12, 14, 16 foot cactus everywhere and he he translated to trauma who speaks a little English who told us basically when you get down there and you find a place where you're going to you know get down and try to get in front of them and upwind and you know they work their way to you he said take one of these things and start you know, cut some of the big needles off these cactus. And I'm like, well, why? The cactus put off a scent? Or what am I cover up? What am I doing that for? He said, if the bull comes after you, you got to climb. And I said, I'm not climbing that. And he goes, you climb it or you're dead. He said, you climb or you're dead. And I said, I'm not climbing one of those. He said, the bull will come at you and it will pound you in the ground and it will keep pounding on you 20 minutes after you're dead. He said, you climb or you're dead. And I thought right then, what in the world are we doing? We got no backup. We're in Mexico. We got one guy that speaks some English. Uh, it was, it was, it was, it was a rough was there, hunt. Was there guns on the hunt? They had a, uh, they had a rifle that they gave my cameraman, Mike, but he's also holding the camera and the guns, you know, it, it, we did have the, we did have a, a rifle with us, but, uh, you know that that if this, it was it was not like the other dangerous game. A lot of the dangerous game I did, I was hunting with guides who were backing me up, who had done it before, who had experience at it. And that's the big that was the big missing ingredient we didn't know about was they were basically going to give us some horses and put us on their ranch and say have fun. But we did it, and you can Google it. It's a it's a hell of an episode. It's a hell of a show. There's a Everybody's begging me to tell you this story, but it would take way too long, first of all, and he doesn't have that much more time with us. But I'm going to ask him a question about it. Did you at any point sell because you were in with the uh, – I guess so. Do you, do you remember the decapitator, the arrowhead? The oh, yeah. Turkeys? Okay. Yeah. So I bought – I think I think it was either you. There was another archer, maybe not you, but one of you guys did a big like show – online about them and i watched it me and my buddy saw it and we were just like dude we've got to get these arrowheads so we get these arrowheads we get them in we both have compound bows we were going to go turkey hunting it was really weird because the turkey and deer season cross over in yep. carolina 
So we're sitting out there in the woods. I'm like screwing this head on, being really careful because they talked about how razor sharp the blades are on that thing. And I was just like, yeah, I'm being really careful. Put that sucker on that arrow. And my buddy grabs the arrow out of my, out of my hand, picks up the freaking bow, turns not even four feet away from us. There's a, like an eight point buck drills the buck with the arrow on it, with the arrowhead on it. I looked at him. I was like, dude, I'm going to gut you from neck to nuts. You owe me $280 for that arrowhead. You just put it through a freaking deer. And he did. He put it right through it. I don't know if that's a selling point for the arrowhead, but it went right through the deer, sliced all the organs as it went through. That's was, amazing. Holy crap. And we found the arrow in a tree next, like about 40 feet from him. I was like, oh, my God, that is amazing. You know, that that broadhead was a lot of fun. It came out, like you said, for turkeys. And, and you know, what it would do, it would spin like helicopter blades. And as it got there, it would decapitate the turkey's neck. And, you know, the neck would go fine. We're the guys, and you, um, you've probably seen this because I did, I don't know, I, I would do one one show a year for like the last three years. I think one year, well, I'll, I'll tell you that. But uh, we, we decided to take it for rattlesnakes. And when them snakes set up and you hit them with the, that, it decapitates the rattlesnake's head and blood goes and the fangs are out. And we did every year we did a rattlesnake hunt and on day on what well, was two episodes. So we would do the, the guillotine rattlesnake hunt. And then I would do it with a blowgun. And we would make two episodes, one with that broadhead and one with the blowgun. And we had, we had a camera called the Phantom. It was really high tech at the time. Um, it would shoot 3,500 uh, pictures a second. So when that thing came around and you thing and the neck and the tongue would come out, and, I mean, you, you just fell <laughs> all in slow motion. It was so, I took that blowgun, we were rattlesnake hunting. And we were in this old farmhouse looking under these under these floorboards of the of the house because all the boards were popped up. And it was really old. And there was a bunch of house flies in there. And uh, one day after doing the rattlesnake hunt, the blowgun rattlesnake hunt, the second day, I went back in that farmhouse. There were so many flies in there on like these old cabinets. And they pointed that phantom camera at the cabinets. And I did a blowgun house fly hunt. And you'd see that little arrow hit that fly and the little wings come out. <laughs> Yeah, guys, don't do this at home because I think your wife will try to kick your ass, especially if you leave little tiny holes in your cabinet doors. Yeah, absolutely. Bad move. At that point in time, that was like season nine, maybe 10 of the show, certainly nine. And that shows you where my mental space was. You know, I was like, hey, I'm here. How can I make one more show so I don't have to go on one more trip? I mean, I was really burnt. Yeah, really burn out. So if I could milk, if I could go on a rattlesnake hunt, make an episode with the guillotine broadhead, one of the blowgun and do a house fly hunt, you know, I was I was milking it. For sure. I mean, the way you make it sound, it almost sounds like it was year round because a lot of people don't realize you guys, if, if you're not big in the hunting world, you're not out there going to these shows. There are trade shows that go on every every year in the off season. Yeah. So these guys are either required or asked to attend some of these things and you have to show up, sign autographs, press the flesh as they call it. And you, if and year round, that's what you're that show doing. Up and, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, if you watch a show like Primo's was big back then, the Drury Brothers, a lot of these guys have 
you know, a lot of these guys have staff hunters, uh, hunter specialties. So, you know, they got 10, 12 guys that are the hunters in the show. So they go on two or three deer hunts a piece, you know, over a six week deer season and they make 23 episodes because they've got 10, 12 hunters being filmed at a time. Well, I was the only guy I mean, Maximum Archery World Tour was my show. I was the only hunter. So you can't make 23 episodes of TV in six weeks and you can't get enough deer tags. So yeah. I, mean, I had to start. I mean, that's why I mean, I would start with mule deer in, in August and move to elk in September. And I would do moose and spring black bear and fall black bear and deer. And, you know, and we would go through every mountain goats in Utah. I mean, any odd week where we could get a tag to do something, we were making TV. And I know this is going to sound terrible because I never want anyone to, to get the impression that you're not blessed if you're out in the woods and you're bow hunting or hunting in general or in the woods in general. I'm not complaining. But the penalty, if we couldn't get 23 things, meaning, you know, successful hunts in the can, was as we got to the as we got to summer um, where there's not much to hunt. Yeah was I had to go to Africa. If I was six so short and it's July, I'm, I'm headed to Africa. And, you know, after you've done it, after you've been there two or three times, you don't really want to do it, you know, again. So it's like, come on guys, let's pick this up or we're going to find our ass in Africa for a month. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to shoot, I'm going to shoot my 76th warthog. Come on. I don't want to go. How many, I mean, a lot of you don't realize like everything in Africa can kill you, not just, just being there, I it's mean, like just Australia. being there can kill you. It's like Australia. Yeah. Everything's like 10 times the size and everything wants yeah. to kill you. Yeah. Oh, we, we, you know, I mean, we did, we did Africa on, on purpose to hunt a lot of crazy things. I mean, I've done, I did the big five, you know, um, you know, uh, every, you know, everything you can imagine. We did, you know, back before it was so frowned upon and, and I understand the way it's done in certain ways, why it is, but not the way, you know, we did it, but. I mean, I've, I've hunted lions, I've hunted leopards, I've hunted, I've killed three Cape buffalo. I mean, crocodile. I mean, we 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 did a lot of dangerous stuff in Africa. But I mean, if you need six shows and you got to get them done quick, you're back over there hunting planes game, and it's just, uh, um, you know, you don't need seven. You know, you don't need seven caribou. You don't need, you know. 12 war dogs. I don't really want to go back over there and do that just to get three more episodes in the can. But uh, yeah, Africa's Africa can be, uh, if you don't have a good guide and, and uh, know what you're doing, it can be a dangerous place for sure. Just, just from snakes. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the woods that can take you out. The, the people, just the people alone. If you don't know the tribes and you don't know the warlords, you could really screw yourself by walking on their grounds and they'll just kill you. What, what you need to do, what you need to remember is, is uh, we went over there one time. I don't want to get any specifics, but we went over there one time. I won't get any crazy amounts because I don't know what amount will get me in trouble. But we did have a backpack full of cash. Um, we did we did go into Mozambique, Zimbabwe, and Botswana. And the best way to get across the border is to make sure you have a cooler and make sure you've got some Coke or Sprite or Dr. Pepper in it because they don't get they don't get cold uh, soda pops over there, if you will, or Coke or, you know, th those things to drink. And, and uh, you, you, can you can get about anywhere you want with a couple cans of uh, a couple of ice down cans of Sprite. Yeah. 
Well, you sound like a good man to have around uh, come the end of the world here in the next couple of years, um, <laughs> you know, and keep your family fed and um, hell, keep uh, keep half the, the survivors fed and, um, you know, and and, uh, and entertained all at the same time. So, you know, eating good, sitting around a campfire, listening to some good tunes. Yeah, we, we won't we won't run out of things to eat and, uh, and, and rock and roll. That's for sure. But uh, absolutely. But, are, you, are you a are you a bit of a prepper? You know, it's become the in thing to be. We were we were preppers before it was cool. But um, hey, there's a song right there. <laughs> Take it. Steal it. It's yours. It's all yours. Yeah. We, like we were preppers music, before but, it was cool. Yeah. Um, you know, because I, I mean, honestly, with everything that's coming, we all see the writing on the wall. We we saw it. We we saw it two years ago and now it's it's like a train off the tracks and it's just barreling faster and faster about to hit us. Um, we'll see what happens in two years. Things you, are crazy. You've been, you've been obviously, uh, I would assume I went to my first uh, in Knoxville, Tennessee. I went to my first prepper convention about three weeks ago. Nice. I'd never been one before, so. It's not as crazy as you think, is it? No, it's not. It's I'm not. not. And, and it's... People are getting smart, too, with the products that they're supplying and building. You know, at American Rebel, my company, um, if, if you think about it, the, you know, we make concealed carry clothing, backpacks, coats, jackets, gun safes. Uh, we have a, a non-lethal American Rebel liquid fire product. Um, but those types of products that you see at those prepper conventions uh, would, would, are all, would all be, you know, products and SKUs that might interest us to one day also be in that business. I mean, we are, we are a brand that would fit well in that business. So we were there, you know, looking and looking around and it's no joke. I mean, what people are doing and, and uh, what they're making, they're getting really good at making off the grid prepper uh, survival. You know, it's gone way beyond, Hey, here's some water and freeze dried food and a compass. Good luck. I mean, it's went way beyond that. No, yeah, you can almost live comfortably. Like there was no change in anything. The only difference is now you got to go out and find your own food and build a build a new economy to um, support. You know, going back to the the barter economy. Yeah, Um, but uh, that's great. We we need to go to a prepper convention soon. It'll be fun. You know. We've, we've tried I, they're to go, not great. I've been to them. We've I've tried to go self-sustaining. You know, I, I try and grow most of our food. We've got chickens and ducks and crazy puppies and, you know, all kinds of fun stuff um, on, on some nice little acreage here. So it's we're trying to get ready for what's coming. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear. Tell us uh, tell us about more about your company. You, you just rattled off a whole bunch of very interesting things that y'all Especially the gun that. Uh, well, I mean, I, I like gun safes. I'm sorry, do, I, I, know, a lot of guns. I know you like gun safes, but you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, concealed carry clothing and backpacks and all that stuff. I think we've got about another 15 minutes with you here. Yep. So, um, please tell us about your company because, uh, I know a lot of people on here would be very interested to hear about a lot of that stuff. We talked about it. Well, well, well to, to set it up, you know, I had the TV show. And again, I was, I, I was called Maximum Archery World Tour. We treated, we treated filming the TV show like being on tour, except we weren't on tour as a band. We were on tour making a TV show. But we filmed going in and out of the bars and shooting darts and doing laundries, and small town laundry mats and halfway getting into trouble. And, you know, we filled everything 
filmed everything leading up to the hunt. Well, when I wanted to do some music for Maximum Archery World Tour, everything was hunting songs. Gotta go hunting blues, hunt me down, buck of a lifetime, blood trail on a white tail, that kind of stuff. Um, but as I got out of the, the, the bow hunting TV show world and got into the music world, I wanted to expand, you know, I couldn't just write an album of nothing but hunting songs. And I had a couple songs, you know, we tried to write top 40 songs and we wrote two hunting songs for the record and tried to write songs for 40 year old soccer moms. Like it's on top 40 country radio now that people seem to like. And, you know, and I had this, you know, I had these couple songs that were kind of patriotic and Southern rock and little slide, you know, more, just more, just had more balls to them, just had more grit to them. And that's what took off. So when we made the second record, Cold Dead Hand, it was, now we had a sound. And that's the record and the song that got a hold of Danny's attention when he put me on Counting Cards on the History Channel. And so now we had a sound. So when the third album, Time to Fight, came out and it had the song American Rebel on it, we that song kind of went out and became a patriotic anthem. And that's when Doug Grau said, you know, we ought to monetize the music with the brand. We ought to, you know, everything's file sharing and streaming now. We don't make money on the music. There's more, more of your music out there, more listeners, but we don't make money like when we would sell CDs, let alone I wasn't around when we made out when people made real albums. But, um, you know, when we sold hard goods, we made money. And, and so we thought, well, here's a way to monetize the brand. It was also a week later sitting down with a friend of mine and we were talking about American Rebel the song, and I said, "Hey, I've got the video, the rough cut to the video, if you want to see it on my laptop." And I showed it to him, and he said, "Hey, he, he watched it, and he said, Andy, that's your brand, that's your life, that's your mission statement, that's you, that's your brand." And I said, "You know, Doug Grau was just saying we ought to monetize the music with a brand." And so I said, "Doug, hey, it's American Rebel, that's the brand." And, and the reason I set all that up is I wanted you to understand. American Rebel, the company, was a company before we even had knew what we formed the company. We didn't have a product. It wasn't like we had a product. What are we going to name it? We just knew we had a company called American Rebel, America's patriotic brand, and didn't know what in the hell we were even going to make. <laughs> you know, and so uh, one thing that was back, you might remember, thank God we don't need them. And they finally got rid of this, you know, most of this bullshit in most of the states. But you used to have to take concealed carry classes in order to carry a firearm. Oh, and, I remember. Yeah, mm -hmm. you take the class like in Kansas and Tennessee. And then finally, state smartened up and said, you already have the right to carry. It's in the Constitution. You don't need to take a damn class. And you don't need a piece of paper to tell you can do it. You already have it. But for a while there, states were voting, you know, one at a time to allow people to carry. And you had to take a course and all this stuff. So that was becoming popular. And that's when... We had the idea, you know what? We should make concealed carry clothing, concealed carry jackets, concealed carry backpacks. Um, here's my backpack. I'm getting ready to head to the airport. You know, put your computer, your your all your stuff in it for every day. Your 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 file pocket, your uh, folder pockets. It's got everything imaginable, just like a great backpack. But over here on the side, it's got a uh, sandwich holster. And on each side, you can carry a firearm. So you can just simply reach around, you're in and out. But now remember, people, when traveling at the airport, it's best to carry a gun in a GoPro case. No, I've already, I've already taken it out. That's why I was sitting here. 
I've, I've already taken no, it. No, 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 no. They're referring to my last trip uh, when <laughs> oh. I went out to Vegas. When I went out to Vegas, I was going for it's a buddy a, of ours, a very good friend he of went ours. All the way to Oregon. A, fr- a very good friend of ours who passed away. I went to his funeral and uh, went first to Vegas and then we flew up to Oregon. Me and another buddy flew up to Oregon. And I got into Vegas and I opened my luggage and I'm sitting there looking and there's that TSA note that, you know, the CBP normally puts in there. Like and they we've say, been in your luggage. we've been in your luggage. We searched around. We couldn't whatever. find anything, whatever. And it got passed on well i get all the way to oregon i open the bag and my buddy's like we were uh videotaping it for all of our listeners and everything he was involved in the show uh justin from cannabis and combat that's why he's on the that's why his logo is down in the bottom corner there but um i was up there and i my buddy we were videotaping it for all the listeners and everything so we had all sorts of camera equipment and audio stuff with us and i opened up my gopro bag because i had a gopro for another part of the time we went back to vegas we had a ride a memorial ride for him and i opened the gopro bag i pull out the gopro and underneath my gopro is my my wife's glock 43 (laughs) single stack fully loaded mind you (laughs) in the bottom of the gopro bag and i sat there went oh Oh, shit And I looked at my buddy. I looked back at the GoPro bag. And looked at my, I was like, I know what they were looking for now. And he came over. He looked down. He goes, oh, shit. And we were, it, just, it was so lucky that we had a friend of ours that had driven there. And he was going back to Vegas with us. I was like, hey. And I was supposed to fly out of Orlando. And then a hurricane came at it, um, like canceled my flight anyway. So I had to drive out. So we, we drove the. Oh, wow. We back across but the it was country. like but one yeah, of those so oh shit factors. Do not fly, do not fly with, with your a gun. gun. Okay. No. <laughs> no, we we uh, we I've had I've had the uh, I've had the the actual incident happen myself. I went through uh, security with a firearm in my backpack, not intentionally. I had taken it out, set it on the counter, and a particular girlfriend I had at the time thought, oh, Andy's left his gun out here. I'll put it in his backpack for him. So I thought I'd taken it out. When I didn't see it on the counter, I must have thought, well, I must have went ahead and put it in the safe. It never dawned on me. So uh, I got there and uh, and actually ran it right through security. And and uh, thankfully, they, they, were, they were a little bit kind to me. But uh, I, let's just say I missed my flight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the officer comes up to me and uh, he says, uh, he, he looked at me and one says, you're about to have a really bad day. And the other one behind me kind of looked at him and kind of shook his head or shook him off. And he, he said, uh, do you ever drive that Corvette? And I said, no, not really. I said, uh, we, we take it to a lot of trade shows, so I'm not putting any miles on it right now. He'd seen the episode of Counting Cars. And uh, he said, well, Andy, you're going to have to come with me. And uh, what he told me was that I went into the little jail area of the airport and uh, I had to deal with their uh, talk to their attorney, but uh, the attorney that they have there. And uh, what he told me was because it was loaded, but since I didn't have one in the chamber, that he could, they had the right to let me go. If I'd have had one in the chamber, then they would have had to bring in, you know, higher up authorities or whatever. And so, so um, he said, I can't give you the ammo. He emptied my, my magazine, gave me my gun, walked me out past security. And uh, I got a, a $1,500 uh, fine in the mail and wrote him a check. Jeez. So could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So don't do that, folks. No. Do that, people. I double check. I'm triple checking my baggage. Every, anytime, if I ever fly again. We don't fly anywhere. We just drive. But. 
<laughs> well, we appreciate you coming on, sir. Yeah, one more can, time, well, where can people yeah, find you? Where can... And your company. I put it in the Twitch chat, but not everyone can see that. It's AmericanRebel.com. AmericanRebel.com, uh, MusicAndyRoss.com. All my social media is at AndyRossRebel. Uh, all American Rebels at American Rebel um, on all platforms. And, uh, you know, really everything's Googleable. You can, you can, you can Google about anything, you know, if you, if you want to find my music or find our products, just Google Andy Ross, Google American Rebel will show up. Fantastic. Hey, I found his stuff in the Amazon store, folks. So you can find it anywhere. Excellent. He's not lying to you. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you coming on, sir. We appreciate you taking your time. Have a great flight. Enjoy Vegas. Yeah. And um, thank you. Forward to you coming, uh, coming by our way. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. We'll yeah. do that. We'll do a live broadcast uh, from the road. That would be a blast. Hell yeah. We're Absolutely. I hope yeah. to be back. And uh, Absolutely. Keep up the good okay. fight. Will do, sir. Thank you. We will talk thank to you. you later. All right. Have a great night. Safe travels. Bye-bye. All right. So, yeah. Whoop. All right. There we go. See, I brought on someone that's not a doctor for once. Just a fun interview. A fun person to talk to. Yep. There you go. Good, good dude. I, yeah. uh, you know, I was holding out my hopes. I, I, I wasn't sure if I he know. was going to. And then when he popped into the green room, he I was, was like, like, oh, holy shit, he's here. here. You're too much. I know. But no, I, it's funny now that I see his face and everything and imagine him. I, if you mm-hmm. go watch the old, I'm telling you, I've met this guy before. I've, I've seen him before. This isn't the first time. I never forget a face. But I couldn't tell with the, the camera, the way his camera was sitting. I was like, man, I think it's him. I'm not sure. But then when he brought up the outdoor, I was like, oh, the outdoor channel. I know exactly who the fuck you are. And I was like, did you have a beard or a goatee? Yep, sure <laughs> did. I was like, yep, I know exactly. He's actually a hell of a fucking archerist. I you could fucking shoot an arrow. I tell you what, he split. He did. A, uh, there's an episode they did trick shooting. Matt McCannon. Uh, Matt McCannon is the fastest six gun draw. His draw is point uh, zero three seven seconds to where he can fire a bullet from the hip. Normal six shooter, low rig, whole bit, and he can he can draw a gun so fast and put it back. We were, uh, when he would, would teach us when I was in the military, he would teach us and the way he would punish you if you were doing something wrong is he would draw on you and smack your knuckles with the barrel of his gun. And I was like, holy shit. But he did an episode with him. That's how good this guy is. And he did, Andy didn't think he was that fast. And Pat drew on him with him saying, you're not that fast. 16 times. (laughs) And he said, well, that's great that it was fast, but I mean, is it accurate? Then they threw two clays up three or six clays total in the air. He has five rounds in the pistol with a reload. He shot all six in the air. Okay. Then so damn fast. Yeah. He's fucking fast. That dude is ridiculously fast. And uh, Andy was like, holy shit, they did some really weird trick shooting with a bow, which I didn't, I thought was going to end horribly. I was like, man, I could just see this going wrong in so many different ways. Okay. But a great show nonetheless. Still a good episode. Good. All right. So anyway. Well, I could really see this going wrong in so many different ways. Um, Yeah, but this isn't because this is what we're doing right now. Because it's that time. Well... Not quite. We're like 20 minutes early there. I don't care. It's time for me. 
and I still have to load it. Oh my God, what are you doing? Well, everybody else has been waiting. I saw all the freaking signs before. Everybody was posting stickers. Oh, well, they love to post stickers. I know they do. Because they know I'm not going to yell at them when there's a guest here. I try not to yell at the children and or yell at the children in front of guests, you know. It's fucked up, babe. <laughs> it's really fucked up. What can I say? <laughs> oh. Life of Brian coming in with a new sticker. Slap your mama. I like it. That's all I do is steal the stickers, so y'all are aware. If you bring a new sticker, I don't create shit, folks, because I have no idea how to do any of that shit. It's probably really easy, too, I know. So, y'all, when you were teenagers, when you were kids, girls, I know this happens to y'all all the time, but when you got a new girlfriend or a new boyfriend, did you, like... Ignore Swim. all your friends, like like lose half your friends because all you ever did was talk to your new boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. Anyone? I can absolutely multitask. I'm just not gonna, you know. No. I, anyway. I don't. Well, I don't. Didn't. You didn't have any friends to start with, so it didn't really matter. I was good by myself. <laughs> So our, our teenagers turning 16 next week and, um, you know, he has this girlfriend in Texas, um, that he met online and they talk all the time and they FaceTime and whatnot. And they've not met in person, but I asked him what he wanted to do for his 16th birthday. And he was, he had absolutely no idea. It's kind of a big deal. He's turning 16. He's not getting his license yet because he didn't get his permit until September. So he can't get his license until next September. But, um, yeah, he's like, I don't have any friends anymore. I was like, what do you mean you don't have any friends anymore? He's like, I don't know. I was like, oh, I get it. All you do is talk to your girl now. And you've ignored all your friends. And now you don't want to go groveling back to them to be like, hey, you want to hang out for my birthday? Even though I haven't talked to you in two months because all I do is talk to this girl. Yeah, I, I would have told them completely an opposite thing. I would have said, now it's time to get back on your fucking knees, bitch, because you got some ass kissing to do to get back in with your friends. Well, because if they're real friends, they ain't leaving him. And that's true. They know that there's a girl in the situation. Mm-hmm. They, I, wait, yeah. I, I, everybody knew that you all fucking knew that. Don't give me that shit. Don't tell me that you were, I had buddies that had girlfriends and I knew when they had a girlfriend. Why? Because you know, here's a perfect one. You want to know how I knew Lindsay was back in the picture. I stopped getting my daily four o'clock phone call from Justin. Like literally when, when Lindsay was gone, when they, when, when they broke up, Mm-hmm. Literally every day at four o'clock, an hour after his show was done and he was now in production, right before he was going to the gym, he would give me a call and we would talk unless I was at the firehouse. And we would bullshit about whatever he talked about on the show. We'd laugh about whatever comments you guys posted on there. And uh, we, he would ask, you know, how did it sound? Blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, that phone call didn't come that day. And I was like, yeah, and his shows fell what, off too. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute. Where the fuck? I was like, where's that phone call at? Oh, oh, he didn't have a show. Oh, he's getting laid. And then I called him one day. I was like, hey, what the fuck, dude? You haven't called him like fucking five days. What the fuck? What the fuck's going on, bro? And he, he called, he, he's like, oh, hey, hey, fucking, uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I was down at Lindsay's place. And I was like, mm. 
Yeah, I've been hitting it. So you're back with, yes. Okay. So which is it? Are you guys together or not? Because I want to make sure I have this accurate before I come out there. I don't want to call her something she's not. If I'm not supposed to say something, tell me now so I don't fucking stick a, a monkey wrench in the whole weekend. <laughs> and uh, he's like, no, we're together. And I was like, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Some bitch. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I like and I like the girl. I even have her phone number now. Oh, you didn't know that? Who? Uh, our son's girlfriend. Oh. Anyway, I, I just, yeah. everybody knows it, but that's no, when I, I didn't like Justin's girl. That's, I, I like this girl. That's when I, I knew it. I knew it with him. I knew immediately, like he stopped the phone calls. I was like, okay, he's not. Cause like he would call me while he's doing production. And then we would, you know, share talk about like how we were doing stuff differently with our soundboards or doing stuff differently with OBS. And we would trade hints and shit. And I said, I did this. So this worked really well and he would do it. And then he would sit there like out of the blue. And then he's, I was like, what are you doing? He's like, Oh, I'm just in production. I'm like, I'm waiting for this shit to process. And I was like, Oh, he's like, yeah, I'm going to the gym. I was like, Oh, and then we'd sit there bullshit for like another hour. And I was like, I thought you were going to the gym. And then I was like, look, I got to go do my show. So I got to get off the fucking phone. And then all of a sudden all that stopped. And I was like, man, what the fuck happened? And then we found mm -hmm. out that Lindsay was back in the picture. I was like, yep, there it is. There it is. There it is. Yep. There it is. So, I mean, everybody's got to do it. You've, everybody's done it once in their life. You've mm -hmm. gone gravelly back to your friends after you dated a dude that was absolutely fucking Complete horrible for you. Shit bag, yes. An absolute shit bag. Yep. And your real friends stuck by you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Your real friends and will still be there. So they'll be pissed. They're friends. You're going to get um, some shit, but I, I haven't seen white boy in here in a minute. Um, his mom has been my best friend since I was three years old. Um, fuck you didn't talk for, but we didn't talk for a lot. Yeah. At least it, until after. Uh, yeah. Easy. Um, and then we, you know, we, we talk every couple of months and then she lived with us for a year two years i don't even know um and then uh you know and then she moved away and we wouldn't talk for a few months and then she moved back not in with us but moved back here um but uh she can't have any more kids after white boy and she asked me so she just got married that's the wedding that we were at not long ago and uh she said she was really looking into having a baby and she'd been hearing about this technology because she had to have a hysterectomy after her son was born. He's in his twenties now. Um, and so she asked me to research this because this is what I do. And, uh, anyway, so I did the research. And funny that this commercial just came out just like just this week now after I'd done this research and it's prohibitively expensive, which is what I told her. And she asked me about it. I didn't, when I did the research, I didn't tell her about it until we went to the farmer's market the other day and she asked me about it. And I was like, you know, I did the research and I'll be quite honest. I am not comfortable with it on a moral level. I think it's a completely abhorrent. It's, it's disgusting. It's anthem of God. Um, it's man playing God. And you could never, you could never afford it in a million years. And what I didn't say, but kind of wanted to say was, um, 
have, have you asked your son if he's ready to take care of your child or, you know, if we're ready, you and I are ready to take care of her child because they've both been jammed. So that's a, that's, that's an interesting situation too, but you know, they, they know what's coming, right? They've been, they've been planning this. If people aren't dying fast enough from the jab, they're just going to give you more and more and more. Um, the mandate got struck down in the military mandate got struck down in the bill, um, the defense spending bill that was passed, but it doesn't matter because they're just putting in the flu jab, right? They're not going to fight that anymore because they're just going to put it in all the other jabs they give them. So it doesn't really matter. So what happens when people can't have a kids anymore? So listen to this. And this is, that's a great point. And this kind of tears on that. Um, cause it's weird. Like today I saw a guy I haven't seen in a while. I found out his dad was doing really horrible, really horrible. Um, spry guy, not much older than me. Um, he's maybe 10 years older than me and been doing this same job for his whole entire living. Now he can't be on a ladder. Uh, he gets all the, the, uh, seasick, like the, um, mm -hmm. uh, nausea, dizziness, no, well, the vertigo, the vertigo. Mm -hmm. He's got like vertigo, can't get on a ladder. I mean, he's been doing this his whole entire life. This is all he knows what to do. Mm -hmm. And him, him and his kid run a freaking business. And I just found out about this today. And I was like, dude, tell your, I gave him our stuff. I said, look, tell your dad, give us, uh, give me, give me a call. Yeah. We got their stuff. Look, the reason we say that, you know, you really got to look at yourself and say, Hey, even if you got the jab, even though the last couple of weeks, we've really gone on this hope and healing, hope and healing kick. You got to remember, we have no idea if any of this works because no. we have no idea. We have no experience. We have no idea what they put in the shot. We're not doctors. We're not scientists. We're just trying to bring on as many of them as we can to try and help as many of y'all as we can. I mean, if one of them brings on something that works, then damn. Fuck. At least we're looking for something that works. I, I mean, the whole point and is honestly, the stuff can't hurt you. Yeah. That's the point. It's all natural. It's stuff. all healthy. It can't hurt you. I, I just, uh, I, I don't know of, I, I don't know. I mean, there's not much more I can say about that. I think that is the whole point though. I think that is a great, is a great point about this is that we really have no idea yet. And we don't know if it works. We know some of it works. We know the numbers are looking good, but there hasn't been enough time with it yet. Yep. People just started admitting in the national media that there might, there might be an issue with the jab. Not that there is an issue. There might be an issue with the jab. And a lot of people are having a whole lot of fucking problems understanding a, they have to admit that they've been jabbed and that there could be some unhealthy shit going on inside them. Yep. But until they admit that there's enough people that are just going to stick their heads right back in the sand out of the government and never do that. Oh, no, they and don't really want to hear I, I don't want to hear you. No. I don't, I don't care what you say. They're not really suing Dr. Naputi for a half a trillion dollars because he told people to take vitamin D. Are you, and still are, after he was proven right. And so many more people are coming out saying that. 
everybody's saying the same thing now. This is, it's getting good. It's starting to break. I and believe the COVID Twitter files are about to drop. Didn't Q just say, watch out for false prophets? Mm-hmm. He said, I am not a prophet. You are not a prophet. Watch out for false prophets yeah. or something. To Two that guys time. just came out in the last 24 to 48 hours about this whole Twitter thing. And this Twitter thing has gotten uh, substantially much more interesting in the last 48 to 72 hours. Um, considering things we're hearing now about what's going on with Twitter, um, what more information is coming out, um, which is even going to be even juicier because I may or may not have gotten a little looksy mm. at some of the things that are coming about old L. Dr. Anthony Fauci. Oh, we'll get to him in a minute. But before, don't, don't jump the shark, babe. Play this commercial first because this shit. <coughs> what is this commercial? You'll see. This is... um. Oh my God. This has to do with what I was talking about. What my friend asked me to research. Okay. So this is what we're watching now. Yes. Watch this. All right. And then I saw it in Josh's telegram and I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Introducing Ectolife, the world's first artificial womb facility powered entirely by renewable energy. Ectolife allows infertile couple to conceive a baby and become the true biological parents of their own offspring. It's a perfect solution for women who had their uterus surgically removed due to cancer or other complications. With Ectolife, premature births and C-sections will be a thing of the past. Ectolife is designed to help countries that are suffering from severe population decline, including Japan, Bulgaria, South Korea, and many others. The facility features 75 highly equipped labs. Each state-of-the-art lab can accommodate up to 400 growth pods or artificial wombs. Every pod is designed to replicate the exact conditions that exist inside the mother's uterus. A single building can incubate up to 30,000 lab-grown babies per year. Ectolife allows your baby to develop in an infection-free environment. The pods are made of materials that prevent germs from sticking to their surfaces. Every growth pod features sensors that can monitor your baby's vital signs, including heartbeat, temperature, blood pressure, breathing rate, and oxygen saturation. The artificial intelligence-based system also monitors the physical features of your baby and reports any potential genetic abnormalities. The pods are equipped with a screen that displays real-time data on the developmental progress of your baby. These data are sent directly to your phone so you can track your baby's health from the comfort of your zone. The app also provides you with a high-resolution live view of your baby's development. A special section in the app allows you to watch a time-lapse of your baby's growth and share it directly with your loved ones. The guff is emptying. Is emptying. 
Yeah. I'm going to have to write an Archangels Among Us substack about that one. About the guff. Those are space. <clears throat> Don't eat. Uh, yeah, why? Just why? Because people why? Are, because people aren't why? going to be able to have children no, anymore. Because they don't want people to have Tough children shit. anymore. Because hey, look, people there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna like what I'm about children, to say. Pure blood people that have children have their children have souls. They don't want their children to have souls. They don't want their babies to have a connection to God. They want to connect them. If y'all haven't listened to the um the SGT report, the two parter that came out with Hope and Tavon, um, by the way, they take the what we played with Karen Kingston and Dr. Anna on Sunday, they take it one step further. And I actually sent them an email and told them because they said they think that they are they are programming people to connect them to the demonic realm. Yes, at the same time as they are disconnecting them from God at the genetic level, they are connecting them to the demonic realm. This is that. No, this isn't that. Listen, okay. There is a population of our country that thinks the hard times is when the Powerpuff Girls got shut up, shut down on TV. Okay. That was a bad time for them. Okay. They don't understand what bad times are. They don't understand what pain is. They don't understand the fun. Maybe not so much the fun, but childbearing what comes with it and what they're afraid of because they're a bunch of pussies and i'm not talking about their appendages i'm talking directly about their mindsets they're a bunch of pussies and they're afraid of a little bit of pain any discomfort they get fucking scared because they've never been uncomfortable they took away pain and labor which is honestly one of the best so, parts you get to fucking have if I, I, I I'm trying to not pop a blood vessel in the center of my head because this sounds so fucking retarded but knowing what we've seen and what we've heard the chances of this coming to fruition are on a scale right now that I don't think any one of you would even realize that that could actually happen where that becomes the way we have children in the world. Um, what was that movie that came out? What? 15 years ago or so with that, that guy who was, um, Oh, you mean Sylvester Stallone and no, Wesley no, Snipes? No, 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 not when they weren't even allowed nope, to touch to nope, have sex. Nope, they had to put the halos nope, on their heads. Not that one. Um, no, the the one where uh, where all all children were genetically engineered, but he, he was a natural conception, and he had to like pretend to be someone else in order to get into the space program and and fly away. And at the end, the doctor knew because he pissed he he held his dick with his left hand instead of his right hand or something like that. I don't even know what you're talking about. You guys okay. know what, what movie I'm talking about? Gattaca. Thank you. Gattaca. Oh, oh, you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Where yeah. All the children were. Yep. Were, yep. And yep. he wasn't, he mm -hmm. was a pure blood. He was a uh, true born, but I'm just saying this is, yeah, he was called a godchild. 
That's right. This is, uh, you know, deal with it, women. Fuck you. If you're, if you haven't had a kid yet, Fuck you. Deal and the with fact it. that you guys have actually uh, called out a number of different movies that kind of follow that storyline tells you how long they have been putting this out as predictive yeah, I, programming. I, I'm going to tell you the other one was it was the Children, one I was Children talking Children about. Children of Men, Black Eyed Peas, The Island. No, the one I was talking and, about was Sylvester um, Stallone yeah, and Wesley yeah, yeah, Snipes yeah, yeah. when they were yep. fighting each other and they were in that few. It was a. Uh, <clears throat> demolition man yeah demolition man and he gets frozen and goes to the future where sex they don't even touch to have sex anymore everything's done through a halo you put on your head mm -hmm. and you feel it and think about it that's the type of shit we're going towards uh watch that within that group of movies that i found the british ones that we started watching at the firehouse that was just crazy fucking movies like predicting the fucking straight up future from social credit score black mirror not movies black black mirror the tv show TV whatever show yes the netflix series watch or whatever. the episode about the fucking um what was the one about your um Oh, where they, they track the couple and like the couple goes nuts and the husband like kills a wife and like all of this shit is on the fucking cameras around the house. They, they watch this husband brutally murder her, his wife because they're tracked every minute of the day and it's videotaped and recorded mm -hmm. and everything else. And it's like, at the end you find out it was this great big science experiment, but the results were not exactly what they were looking for. So they had to tweak it. So it went a little bit longer. I was like, holy shit, this is the future. This is what we're looking at. How do I know that? Because I got guys, homeless guys in Canada, veterans. Oh, play, play the next clip, babe. That are oh. talking about being, oh, oh, play the next. Hey, clip. you know what you should do? You should go really kill yourself. That's what they're saying in Canada now. Hey, I'm just saying what the fuck's going on in Canada up there. You guys are uh, getting a little weird. The Canucks. Last breaths are sacred. When I imagine my final days, I see bubbles. I see the ocean. I see music. Even now, as I seek help to end my life, there is still so much beauty. You just have to be brave enough to see it. Brought to you by Ascension. Yep. It's a death oh, commercial. Yeah. It's lit. It's literally, it's literally a, an end like, of life look. commercial. You're going to die. Mm -hmm. So we're going to kill you. No, 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 no. Not your, yeah. We're going to kill you. Um, you're going oh, and you're to gonna pay for it. Yeah, and yeah. then you're going to get taxed on it. You're going to get taxed. Go into the fucking grave. What the fuck is going on in Canada? Holy shit. Y'all lost your goddamn mind up there. Too much fucking winter for all of you. Hmm. I think life of Brian. Oh my God. I think Catherine Austin Fitz actually says it, says it best. Get, get text. Get text. Kill me. Oh, text you. Okay, here's 37 more cents. <laughs> what the fuck? Hey, 
in China, if you in China, if you uh, committed a crime, they used to take you out back oh, and shit. and shoot you, and then charge your family for the cost of the bullet. At the time, it was thirty eight cents. Now it's like two dollars and thirty eight cents. You know, it went up. Oh my god! I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, that's where we're at. My bad, folks. I'm just. I guess I'm an asshole. No, Fuck it's me. just it's it's it's, it's so, so insane. It's so insane. So I think there was wide variation depending on the place and the neighborhood. And if you look at the the current uh, rise in all-cause mortality, different states have very different um, rises in all-cause mortality than others. So I think there, if, if, if I was going to make a guess, and I'm just guessing, but the only thing I've ever seen that would explain this is a quota system being enforced by a trade and credit embargo globally, probably through the national security system, uh, the national security council at the UN, where every country or state is given a quota of how much they have to reduce their population. Oh boy, you're getting deep now. I, 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 that's not a criticism. I just said, I, wow. I, that, you're always the person that say, wow. I haven't I'm heard just that telling you. Wow. How much, how much do you think we have to reduce our thing? 10%? 30 million, I'm 40 million? just looking at this as an investment banker and saying, what is the formula that could explain the patterns we're dealing with? What we're dealing with is a quota system, which is backed up by the military, by a trade, you know, sort of trade controls and credit controls. And it is a forced depopulation. I mean, look at the, look at the, initial indications of what this is doing to women's fertility and the ability to have babies or give birth. I, I get where you're so going. So I think oh, there was shit. Sorry about that. I, I get where you're going with this, but listen real quick, folks. I, I, I see what I see all your comments. Okay. I, I'm not, I'm not apologizing for that. I'm apologizing because I know it's not you guys. I know it's other people and I, I lose my shit about other asshats that aren't even here listening to it's me. It's not, it's not we, but the people in when, what, whatever country you're in, it's the fucking elites that are trying to kill us all. Think about this though, seriously. And this is where I think it started. Remember the fucking crazy ass nut clowns that ran out to watch Haley's comment as it flew overhead and killed themselves in that house where they had, they, they walked in, it was like some 64 bodies in the house that they had all these believers that said, Oh, we're catching the flight with Haley's comment. I forget what they were. The crazy ass star fucking, um, crazy motherfuckers. Anyway, they're not elites they're, they They think they are. Think about this for just a second. This is where I think this started because liberals or I, I'm sure the crazy ass fucking cuck weirdos that are doing this shit saw what one man could convince 64 other. Yeah. Hail Bob. There it is. The Hail Bob group. What one man could convince 64 other people to do. They're normalizing it. Think about it. They've been you all it over years. here, over here on Pilt. I'm sorry, my Pilt side's on this side. So when I go over here to Pilt, sorry, I know over here I always point into Pilt and it's Twitch. Sorry, I got to flip that up one day. But think about this, okay? They have this. They watch that and they 
they were like, oh, look at that. Nobody really lost their mind that 64 people went out and killed themselves while this comet flew overhead. Hmm. Maybe we can do the same thing. Maybe we can convince 100 million people to go out and get a shot and they'll just listen to us and then we'll normalize their death. We'll see rainbows and bubbles and music, lots of music. Because I'm going to hear music. No, bitch. What you're going to hear is because that's what it sounds like when you're dead. Sorry. Okay. So I, I spoke about um, that Hope and Tavon that was on uh, the SGT report. Okay. And at the, the end of the second episode, she, she actually, she, this is from her bitch shoot channel. Um, she played this. So you remember how we were talking about the spinning thing phenomena and we were talking about, we've been talking about predictive programming. She puts two and two together. So this is, this is kind of long, but since we're on this, with this a track, sex offender, anyway, no let's, let's do it. So, um, this is some craziness. <laughs> Sparky boy, Jesus Christ. And live on a comment with a baldy sex offender. No, thanks. Okay. Oh shit, that was funny. Good so, one. Good one, Sparks. Sir Sparks a lot coming through for the kill. Hey everybody, this is Hope Girl, and we're calling this presentation the spinning vax phenomenon. Did we just find the cause? Because we think we did, and we're gonna walk you guys through. So today I've got my husband Tavon with me here. Say hi. Hi. A little bit. And um, so look, if you're because um, we've all seen the, the cameras. We've seen this. Uh, he this did it a few videos. Pulls over, goes underneath the train and dies. Yikes! Yeah, he's not alive. No. pretty gruesome but then caught on another security camera in a bank in China we have a man standing at the counter in China and he does exactly the same thing
Now, what's causing that? I mean, you notice the similarities there. They both turned their head, then they started spinning. They both lifted one arm, and then they dropped. It almost looks like they could see something, but, you know, something we can't see. Yeah, now, looking at that, there was a woman in a nail salon who did something similar a few months prior to that. And as I stated on that little report, it's, it's almost like they're seeing something that we can't see. Well, interesting as a follow-up to that, there was a video that came out from a guy filling water bottles in India. Oh, look at this. does look like these people are seeing something that we can't see. I mean, that, that was definitely strange what that guy was doing. This is just not normal. This isn't just someone having an aneurysm. Because there was people that said to me, this, this looks like a brain aneurysm. Looking up to your right, it looks like a brain aneurysm. But what was that guy doing? Very strange stuff, folks. It's very strange stuff indeed. So... You mentioned a couple of things as you were watching that, the, the girl in the nail salon. Yes, um, in the raw footage that came came out a couple of seconds before that particular cut, uh, there's a flash, almost like the camera light on her phone goes off mm -hmm. and, and the light bounces off her arm literally uh, one or two seconds before she goes into a seizure. So there was speculation that this, there was some kind of signal, electronic signal coming, coming from her phone that activated something in her right? well, yes or a, either from her phone or wherever the pulse was coming from it triggered a circuit in the phone mm -hmm. um, in the process and also take note because there's a few more we're going to show you in a little bit every single one okay hold on we're going to skip forward here. think think real close on this okay we've already talked about some of the shit we've seen with this mm-hmm We've already talked about other places we've seen this. Think about the movies, Mission Impossible 2, oh, we're gonna where they to stuck the little bullet up everybody's nose and it was a charge and it would scatter the old brains. Your eyes would go sideways, kind of like the spinning dudes. Okay. Am, am I gonna, is this a win or is this like a... Oh, oh hold on. Predictive programming, the, the definition of that is these are where events are depicted in a movie or a TV show that later come to pass. So this comes from Stargate Atlantis season one in an episode called Hot Zone. And I'm trying to remember what year this came out. 
Um, but it was like maybe 2008, 2006, somewhere around there. So that's when this came out. We're going to be playing scenes from this. And it, it just blew our minds. It just blew our minds what we saw in this one episode. Okay, so in summary, uh, the plot of the show is um, the, the basically the entire crew or the staff of the Atlantis go into the unexplored part of the city after they had to do a flood situation. Thank you, Sparky Boy. Yes, it was Mission Impossible 3. I will correct myself. Okay. You're absolutely correct. He it sits was. corrected. Okay. I sit corrected, sir. Yeah in a previous episode and it's an undiscovered part and when they go in there along the way they get infected by some unknown atlantean contagion and they and it causes things like violent hallucinations before they die from a brain aneurysm and they see things and all that only the infected see good work boys and girls let's go home wait 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 we're missing johnson and wagner wagner johnson what's your position We need backup! They're coming at us! What? Where are they? Uh, down this corridor. We're on our way! Johnson. Johnson, you okay? Okay. He's dead. Johnson, what happened here? They got him. Who got him? Calm down, there's nothing here. Can't you see them? They're everywhere! I can't, I need a medical team down here. Stat! So when that woman was flailing around at something that she could see that nobody else could see, that looked an awful lot like some of those videos that we just showed you in real life of what's going on right now, people flailing around at things. Also, uh, when in this uh, episode, the, those who were infected, they died, they showed blood coming from the nose and the eyes, which indicates some kind of head trauma. Um, also, later on in the episode, they also show what it is exactly uh, these infected people are seeing before they die yes and so there is some kind of they do mention that it is an aneurysm we'll get to that part but to set up the next scene what's going on is the crew is now backtracking to where these two um crew members who had just died where they were infected with something so they go into a literal ancient bioweapons lab that is in this futuristic city and they find broken vials that had some kind of contaminant in the vials and that's basically where the, the contamination came from don't touch anything This is not good. 
Any number of these smashed and open containers could have released the virus that killed Johnson and Wagner. And how would something like that survive for all these years? Viruses can remain dormant for long periods. I'm hoping the answer will be found in the database. Okay, I think that we yes, have to... Yes, 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 yes. doesn't appear to be networked in with the rest of the ancient systems. In fact, if you look, it only contains information about the experiments that took place in this room. Weir, it's McKay. Go ahead, Rodney. Where's Beckett? He's on his way. Take some time to load a whole medical team into suits. But well, we seem to have stumbled across something that I find a little troubling. That's not what I wanted to hear. I think we may have found an ancient viral lab. Wagner and Johnson must have been exposed here. Now, it would take weeks to sift through all this data, and there's no way of knowing whether the ancients were just studying the viruses or actively creating them. Either way, the storm's done quite a number on this place, and I've got it. Jermaine. Jermaine? Jermaine! Who the hell are you? Jermaine! Jermaine! Who are you? Who are you? All right, so the third crew member is now contaminated with the same exact symptoms, and we saw the little peak of the demon yes. um, that these people are seeing right before they uh, they pass. So it's it's an unusual episode because it's tying in somehow viral, well, the, it's the virus that's spreading this, that's, a, that's having people see this entity floating around before they die. Also, if you look at the Atlantis um, uh, storyline, is the, the, the people who came from Earth who are exploring this Atlantis that's on another planet in another galaxy, they're basically in the presence of an ancient smart city mm -hmm. where everything is highly intelligent and automated. Yes, advanced technology. Now, the next scene that we'll set up here is where they first do some autopsies on the first couple of people that were killed by this. And this is where they're discovering that it is, in fact, some sort of aneurysm. All right, I'm going to skip forward uh, a little bit. Hold on. Yeah, it's an aneurysm in their brain. An hour? First, you think it's just your eyes playing tricks on you, but eventually incredibly long, but this looks like our guy. Six hour hibernation, reoccurring visions, and best of all, so I've left it till last, brain hemorrhage, brain aneurysms. That definitely sounds familiar. Maybe there's something in here about how to... I've been seeing things. Since when? About an hour. First you think it's just your eyes playing tricks on you, but eventually... They get worse. You too? They come right at you. It's like a ghost. So again, they confirmed in that area before the breakage could absolutely the cortex, the area where they can see things, and that's probably what's causing the hallucinations. All right, so we're just going to go to the next scene where basically 
um, another person is taken out. Oh! Hey, it's not real. No! Remember, it's not real. No, no. They're coming right at us, can't you see them? This, but it's in the form of a contagion, like a an artificial contagion created by experiencing. But in this case, they were identical, almost like it's a program of some Hold on, kind. there's a, p- a place I'm getting so to. So the next scene safe. is pretty much the climax of this episode where they come so to the big reveal of what's by, causing folks. the... Um, aneurysms and we're, we're getting the, there they define she's, as the she's fast forwarding setting the hallucinogens yeah. that people are seeing and they basically conclude that it is uh these nano nanobots that are ancient nanobots that are uh, floating around within their system that is migrating to these parts of the brain so they basically disclose nanotechnology is being responsible um 20 that's years interacting ago. with uh electromagnetic fields in the environment in the smart city um, that is causing this, but it's in the form of a contagion, like a let, let an artificial contagion created by these nanobots. So uh, for us, this is in line with what we're experiencing today with nanotechnology and everyone's bloodstream and all of these anomalous deaths. Yeah, we've, um, we've been talking about this for two years and we could show you all the patents. We've got all the research and all the patents that show that they are putting nanobots, nanotechnology into people through the COVID vaccines. And these are like little machines that basically are programmed to go do different things in certain areas of your body. So check out this next scene because this blew our minds. Are you certain you really want to see this, Rodney? It's too accurate. How can something organic be that efficient? Again, we're in the middle of another galaxy. Just because it's out of the ordinary for us doesn't mean it's not commonplace here. No, 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 I don't buy that. Most of the habitable plants we've encountered thus far are, are, are carbon copies of Earth in terms of environmental conditions. Unless. I'll be back. Wait, up, Rodney. Incubation to completion is exactly six hours. The visions are identical for all the infected, and the location of the aneurysm is the same for every single deceased. Is that what I think it is? It's a nanovirus. One manufactured to kill humans. A nanovirus. That's right. Okay, let's pretend I don't know exactly what that is. Nanotechnology, it's a technology that operates on a nanite scale. It's around a, a billionth of a millimeter. Basically, they're microscopic machines that are able to carry out very specific tasks suited for their size. It's the whole idea of being able to swallow a pill and having a million little robots go to work and cure whatever ails you. You're all infected with microscopic machines? Yeah, they're no bigger than a single-cell organism. Although, instead of having a sole purpose of curing a disease or mending a blood vessel... The virus is programmed to terrorize its victims by tapping into their visual cortex and then rupturing an artery in their brain. Infecting others along the way as they can. There's one good thing. I doubt they can multiply. I don't know how many nanites it takes to kill a human, but eventually I imagine they'll spread themselves too thin. And I just want to add to the clip that you just saw. Um, Rodney mentioned how efficient the uh, virus was when it came to contamination spreading from person to person that it wasn't possible uh, naturally. Uh, how could something this organic be so, be so efficient? efficient? You yeah. know, so, so that goes into the shedding phenomenon and um, electromagnetic propagation. Um, possibly, but then they had the uh, also the reveal talking about uh, and how uh, there's basically a nanovirus. Now, when you look at the graphics 
during this episode when they show these little nanobots they're they're spiky they're spiky looking nanobots they look like the coronavirus spike protein graphics that we've seen plastered all over everything for the last couple of years so we thought this whole thing was very interesting now we're going to set you up for the next scene because if that wasn't interesting enough it gets it gets more complex this narrative here now they start talking about gene therapy so apparently Rodney, the main character there, he has been inoculated with some sort of gene therapy. So that means that this nanotechnology is not going after his genes. So that means that the nanotechnology is programmed to target specific genes or specific races or specific DNA. Now, this has been happening and we've been been showing this as well um, in this current day that we're in with what they've been doing. Check this out. Hayes and I were infected at the same time. There's only one thing that explains why I survived. But Rodney has an ancient gene, Hayes did not. But Rodney's not an ancient. Aye, but he's been inoculated with the ATA gene. You're saying the virus is designed to only kill humans? Well, I'm human. Yes, yes, we're making a point, Rodney. So we give everyone the gene therapy? No, it's not gonna do it. I've already been given the gene weeks ago, it didn't take. I know, I'm already on it. The gene therapy is only effective in 48% of recipients. If I was given the gene shot right now, how long would it take to kick in? A minimum of four hours. Okay, so in the next scene, uh, Rodney eventually comes to a solution that he can only come up with, which uh, deals with how to uh, destroy these these things. And he comes up with uh, an EM pulse. Oh, imagine that. The only way to get rid of technology, nanotechnology, is with more technology like an EMP. Yeah, so it's very similar to what we saw with the footage with Lakita Kalamna testing uh, similar things uh, uh, in footage that we've seen in the past. Yeah, basically the the electromagnetic pulse would fry the circuits in the nanotechnology, rendering it, it dormant. In this next scene, you'll see that when they discover that it's an EMP that they need, like all of a sudden they all start paying attention to all the electronic equipment that's around them. And this is what we've been preaching from the rooftops for years now about you have to be sensitive to EMF and EMF protection because what's in the environment around you affects what's going on. So you'll see them all like closing their laptops and shutting off their Wi-Fi routers and all that other (laughs) stuff in the next. All right, so basically they, they, um. They try and they set off a small uh, EMP and it doesn't work. So they have to set off an, a, an atom bomb up above the planet, a nuclear weapon above the planet to set off a planet wide EMP and fry all the nanobots inside them. A non lone ranger, I got your, your whisper. I'm looking at it right now. I find that extremely interesting sir um so so much so that i'm trying to figure out how to share it with my computer if you give me one second so i just i found um i found that i'm gonna airdrop it to you babe i want you to very interesting okay text this back to me please yeah i want to bring that up because that is very interesting what anomalon ranger just sent me which is interesting very very interesting just edit it i do i need to i thought this was like a self-explanatory thing that's the way i was taking it okay is this a clip or is this 
Stop. Okay. Stop scrolling. Start reading. All right. Uh, Restored Republic via a GCR update as of Tuesday, 13 December 2022. Compiled Tuesday, 13 December 2022, 12.01 a.m. Eastern Standard Time by Judy Byington, MSW, LCSW therapist, uh, RET journalist, author, 22 Faces Inside the Extraordinary Life of Jenny Hill and Her 22 Multiple Personalities. Okay. Mass, the mass arrests have begun. Q. Quantum computer activated. We are a go. Green light digital war. A call to action for peoples of the world. Pray and then fight for your freedoms. Write the U.S. Supreme Court on Brunson number 22380 emergency national security appeal. Whether a U.S. citizen or from another country, you can fight for your freedom to have your vote count in fair and free elections of your country by writing a letter to the U.S. Supreme Court in support of the Brunson's 22-380 emergency national security appeal. The petition alleged that Joseph Biden, Kamala Harris, Mike Pence, and Nancy Pelosi, plus 384 members of Congress, broke their oath to protect the U.S. Constitution from, quote, enemies foreign and domestic, unquote, and risked foreign enemy control of the 2020 U.S. election by refusing to investigate over 100 documented charges of election fraud. Now, now stand by. Normally on any other given day, folks, I would be completely remiss to say that I disagree with Brunson's allegations. However... I'm still trying to get him on, actually. The enormity, the enormity of what is coming out from Twitter, I think, is going to play very, very, very well for Brunson. And I I think, I honestly think, if he is honest about getting a shot with the Supreme Court, I think what's going to come out of that Supreme Court is their own investigation And the court can do that. They can choose to investigate by the court. That is the lawsuit in the Supreme Court right now. It's going to be heard on January 6th. If they choose to investigate that, I could see huge First Amendment right issues coming from this. This is why you see the politicians that are jumping boat from the left, from the Joe Bidens, from those folks. For instance, we have a bunch that have come out, Ro Khanna, speaking about how the Constitution must survive and the First Amendment is wholeheartedly an American American right. Okay, Ro, why are you involved in all the fucking emails in the first Twitter job talking to Twitter about censoring right politicians? Uh, Def, I got I got your video, but we have to physically download that to the That's computer. A I can't just one. play That's it out of Twitter. We can yeah. do like that. We need a little setup for that because yeah. if not, you guys can't hear it, mm-hmm. and that's an issue. But it's one we'll play tomorrow. Yep. So, but there was another one too, and this is the one that really fucking spun me floozy. This Todd Lou fella, you guys heard about this guy? He's a According to the right right now, he's a fucking Republican. You would think that he's the staunchest, most democratic fucking Republican out there. That's what you would think. Watch this. This is why you would think that. And I'll I'll, I'll let you make your own decision. 
next year. Okay, um, I want to ask you about something totally separate because you were in this Google hearing. Yes. Uh, the CEO of Google, Sundar Pichai, testifying before your committee about a number of concerns. You took an opportunity to push back on Republican claims of bias in Google searches. In the middle of this hearing, you Googled Republican Steve Scalise. You Googled after that Republican Steve King to show that there were favorable stories, including from conservative outlets about Scalise, negative coverage of King. And you made the point, essentially, that's not because of a Google algorithm. It's because of what these members do and say. Uh, I, I will say it was it was clever. It caught some attention. But I wonder, have you thought that maybe you and other Democrats have missed opportunities to use your time to press Google CEO at a time when these large tech companies are struggling to manage content, perpetuating conspiracy theories. They're so vulnerable to outside interference. Isn't that a focus that could have been a missed opportunity? Uh, so it's a very good point you make. I would love if I could have more than five minutes uh, to question witnesses. Unfortunately, I don't get that opportunity. Uh, however, I would love to be able to regulate the content of speech. The First Amendment prevents me from doing so. And that's simply a function of the First Amendment. But I think over the long run, it's better that government does not regulate the content of speech. I would urge these private sector companies to regulate it better themselves, but it's really nothing that I believe government can do. And so that's been my position all along. All right, Governor, or Governor, pardon me. Congressman, I just, I So what did he just say there? He said, just said, hey, the government can't do that. I want oh, to no, censor no, you, no, but no. I'm not allowed. No, no, I digress there. Oh, Mr. Liu, you, sir, are fucking lying. What? Yes, this is a liar. He is trying to save his own ass mm -hmm. because the litigations that are about to come from this are going to be fucking amazing. But watch this. Why do I say that? Because what do we always bring, babe? The receipts. What do we always have? We always have them. So, yeah, it's not Todd Lou. No, you're right. It's not. It's from an office much higher than Todd Lou. Just happens to be the same party. Oh, and I thought we were done with this twat. But nope, she comes creeping right back into our lives. Well, this is a year old. You know... In terms of actions, Alex, that uh, we have taken or we're working to take, I should say, from the federal government, uh, we've increased uh, disinformation research and tracking uh, within the Surgeon General's office. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook uh, that spread disinformation. We're working. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait whoa, what was what, that? What did you say, Piznazi? What did you just say? No, you did not. No, you did not. You did not just make my point within five seconds of the first clip. No way. 14 seconds, but okay. information. We're working with doctors and medical professionals to connect uh, to connected medical experts with popular with popular who are popular with their audiences with uh, with accurate information and boost trusted content. So we're helping get trusted content boost out there. We also created content. the COVID-19, yeah. the COVID community core to get factual information into the hands of local messengers. And we're also investing, uh, as you all have seen in the presidents, the vice presidents and Dr. Fauci's time. Oh, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, time out, time out. Oh my fucking Lord, there it is. That's it. That's, that's, that's not what Mr. Lou just said. Mr. Lou said, we can't, we can't do that. We can't censor. We, we can't censor. Mm -mm. That's not what she just said, completely the opposite. Mm -hmm. 
What's really fucking scary, if that wasn't scary enough, okay? Let me hop into this one because I missed this one last night, only because we didn't have enough time. But this is huge. And this one scares me worse than anything else. Why? Because now we've got, I told you it was coming. Told you it was just a matter of time. Gun shops and customers claim credit card firms mm -hmm. restrict firearm purchases. Yep. People are going into gun People shops are and going their cards into are gun being shops. declined. They're running their cards to buy ammo or guns. Nope. And they're being told, nope, nope. your card was declined. Declined. Then they go look at their account and their account is fine. Yep. Nope. And they say run it again and it comes up to again. Because you're not allowed to buy there. Because the code that is going through the machine is telling them some that you're are trying to purchase a rifle or a gun or ammo. And you can't do that with your credit card. Mm -hmm. um, got a couple different ones here. Customer bank does not allow. Battle Talk tweeted, federal firearms licensed gun shop in a Facebook group shared this. Looks like the dormers actually called it. They call us the dormers because we're doomsday preppers. Battlecock Tactical Images revealed this uh, piece of shit system at an FFL that reads $913.70 transaction declined. Error code on the merchant's computer read transaction declined, charge declined, restricted card. Customer bank does not allow this card to be used <laughs> at this type of merchant. Mm -hmm. Gets better. It gets better. There's another one. Holy shit might explain the random card issuers having said that in front of the person he was paying because that's what he said. Another person said, I tried to buy PSA dagger style slide a bit ago. Had the same issue ordering from their website with my credit, my debit card. My credit card let me go though. My debit card wouldn't. And that's when you go to your bank, close your account, find a new bank. So it's happening. It's happening. They're collecting their register. They're figuring out who's got firearms in the United States. Yep. They're making their lists. They're checking them twice. They're going to find out which one of you fuckers are naughty or nice. Mm -hmm. And this is all part of it. This is all part of it. This is because we let this happen. We let this happen to ourselves. We have a choice now, though. Coming soon. We got a choice. Are we going to stand up? There's a YouTube video, a guy that tried to pay his mortgage at a Bank of America $1,400 in cash, and they wouldn't accept it. Um, that's illegal. They have to, that's, yep. if they won't accept cash, cash is legal tender. This is illegal for you not to accept cash. Cash is legal tender. Personally, I prefer cash. Yeah. Just me. Absolutely. But... I'm just saying, this is getting crazy. This is nuts. They, Comcast is killing my speed. Liana said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's she's had a horrible. You saw our problems. You all saw our problems. Oh, yeah. Comcast Since we switched to fiber, we haven't had an issue. Mm -hmm. Zero issues. No connection issues. No, we had issues at our old house. We They told us that it was the cable line itself because it was so old in the house. As and I was says, like, Navy Federal has been holding my checks, supposed to have 225 immediately, been two days deposit, still not posted from Saturday. Um, Navy Federal is a pain in the ass like that. They they hold checks for three business days. It'll go through tonight and you'll see it tomorrow. But we we use USA. If you have Navy Federal, then you qualify for USA. Get a USA account.
Um, I, I, I just recommend that. Navy yeah. Federal is a bitch to use them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like them for their mortgages and their car loans, car loans and their insurance rates. Their, but, uh, uh, homeowners insurance. But actually, we, we switched away from them because they weren't as good as yeah, they weren't. someone else. Um, but uh, USA for actually USA for car insurance, just Navy Federal for the loan. Yeah, really. I mean, USA's period stand down. They're the way to go. If you're former military fucking, or you have a, look, it's not just former military. If your father was in the military, guess what? You have access to USAA. Yep. Yeah. They, if, just, they, they have USA as well. Um, uh, you know, I, I, you, my dad, I've always banked with USA. I've never banked with anybody else because my dad had it. I've got it. My kids have got it. Um, their kids will have it. I mean, it's all within the family, but it's all about that military service. You got to have it. It's yeah. part of it. Somebody's got to have served in the military and had an account or you can prove their military service at a minimum. You have to be able to prove their military service and that'll get you access to USAA. It's normally better just to already be a member, but yeah, absolutely. What's next? Um, Since we're not really following any of this. You know what? Yeah. Play. Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll hold off on that. Those three for tomorrow. So we'll go here. Yeah. yeah go that there. Sounds perfect. Actually, that's actually perfect to run in because this completely butts up to what Sa- we were just savages. talking about. This is, this is how you be a savage. Well, maybe a pussy savage, but not really Whatever. a good savage, but still funny. I have Rec- the closing statements from ranking member McHenry and myself. Uh, and I'd like to thank you, Mr. John Ray III. Chairwoman Waters. Presence here today. Chairwoman Waters, I've not had an opportunity to testify or to question the witness. Uh, I'd like to um, thank you for your presence. Chairwoman Waters. Parliamentary inquiry. Yes. Are all members entitled to question witnesses? You are. And if you would like to miss the votes on the floor for everybody. It's the chairwoman's prerogative to call a recess. Just one moment, please. That's your decision, not mine. Just one moment, please. You may go right ahead and have five minutes. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. You're certainly welcome, sir. Wow, that guy's got some of the biggest brass cojones I've ever seen. I want to say he's out. Of, I think he's out a, of Texas. Fucking a. And I think that's I'm what I, pretty sure he's a vet. He gets uh, the thunder kicks for that. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. I think it did. Thunder, 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 thunder kicks. Get the fuck oh, out of here! Oh. Oh. <laughs> Fuck you, Maxine Waters. You fucking cunt. I like it when anybody smacks that old hag in the mouth. Um. So uh, Nancy Mace wasn't far behind. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see. And I'm not a big Nancy Mace fan. I'm not either. But, I, she's um, done nothing to impress me except this, to run this, with the right. This is the first thing she's done that's impressed me. Well, this better be fucking mm-hmm. good. That's all I can say. Is rhetoric on social media a problem and a threat to our democracy, Mr. Ward? Yes, absolutely. Mr. Siegel? Yes. Ms. Caraballo? Yes. Ms. Numani? Yes. Ms. Tyler? Yes. Yes. Um, Another question I have, uh, do you believe that rhetoric targeting officials with violence for carrying out their constitutional duties um, is a threat to democracy, Mr. Ward? Mr. Siegel. Yes. 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 
Yes. <clears throat> All right. Thank you very much. Only a few weeks after the attempted attack on a Supreme Court justice on June 25th, one of the witnesses, Alejandra Caraballo, tweeted out the following in response to a decision on abortion overturning Roe v. Wade. And I'll quote directly from the tweet. The six justices who overturned Roe should never no peace again. It is our civic duty to accost them every time they're in public. They are pariahs. Since women don't have their rights, these justices should never have a peaceful moment in public again. I know something about being accosted. The night of January 5th, I was physically accosted on the streets of DC in Navy Yard by a constituent of mine. I fervently blamed rhetoric rhetoric on social media, rhetoric at public events, for being physically accosted. I carry a gun everywhere I go when I am in my district and I'm at home because I know personally that rhetoric has consequences. I've had my car keyed. I've had my house spray painted. I had someone trespass in my house as recently as August. I've been doxxed on social media about where I live. Um, and I've had to add to security everywhere I go, often because I can't afford it. I have to carry my own firearm wherever I go. And um, Alejandra Caraballo also recently tweeted on November 19th, not even a month ago, that the Supreme Court vested with the judicial power of the United States by our Constitution stated they are not a legitimate court issuing decisions. And also the Supreme Court is an organ of the far right. So my last question today of Ms. Caraballo, do you stand by these comments, this kind of rhetoric on social media, and do you believe it's a threat to democracy? Thank you, Representative, for the opportunity to clarify and provide context to my tweets. <clears throat> um, I have a question, is it yes or no? Do you believe your rhetoric is a threat to democracy when you're calling to accost a branch of government, the Supreme Court, I don't believe that's a correct uh, characterization of my tweeted, statements. Though. Did you not tweet that? That you thought that the Supreme Court justices should be accosted? Did what I'm saying is that that, yes that no? is not an accurate characterization of my statements. On June 8th of this year, a man was arrested near Justice Brett Kavanaugh's home in Maryland. He told law enforcement officers he wanted to kill a Supreme Court justice. He was found... Um, uh, with uh, a knife, with a pistol, two magazines, ammunition, pepper spray, zip ties, a hammer, crowbar, and duct tape. Ms. Carabayo, on page 12 and 13 of your written testimony, you painted concerned parents as having been infiltrated by white nationalists and far-right militia groups, which played a significant role in school board protests. This has not, this has not actually been my experience with concerned parents. In your testimony, you wrote that in Loudoun County, Virginia, unfounded rumors that spread in local parent groups on Facebook about an alleged trans student sexually assaulting a girl in a bathroom led to a firestorm of, of several heated school board protests that descended into violence. But in fact, the perpetrator, it actually turned out, had committed two sexual assaults at two different Loudoun County Schools in 2021 and was arrested on October 7th, 2021 by the Loudoun County Sheriff's Office. These weren't unfounded rumors, as you suggest. It actually turns out law enforcement had to act because a sexual assault occurred. So, I, you know, I, I see a lot of the comments co crashing in. And yeah, you're right. It does. Folks, look. The two motherfuckers that I just told you about, Todd Lou and the other douchebag, 
They're going to be the first one screaming for amnesty. No amnesty. I'm telling you right now, I'm so done with all of this shit. Nobody gets a second chance. I'll tell you what. There is no more second chances. You had your chance. We told you. Come out against this. Or else. And the else is now. They. All right, folks. Actually, you go ahead and do your shit. Because I got to get ready for this. I got to so, do this problem. Okay. So um, I don't know if y'all are familiar with Sage Hannah's newsletter. Uh, she Sage Hannah has a, a substack. Uh, Sage Hannah, S-A-G-H-A-N-A dot substack dot com. So she put one out today. Prediction. Everybody is going to get a hall pass and we are going to dance on the graves of the dead. Now, Sage has a very biting sense of humor. I love it. Okay. What was the crime? How are you going to define the crime? DeSantis said it is illegal in Florida to mislead the public about the efficacy of drugs. It should be illegal everywhere else. It should be illegal everywhere. And that was from Igor Chudov. Okay. I 100% concur. And if you actually follow the results to the dead babies and the maimed and dead hapless citizens of the world, you are going to find yourself in a pickle. If you follow the actual results and don't trample on people's graves so you can protect your favorite good guys and gals, you're going to have to address some inconvenient realities. And if all it takes is a sorry, which, oh, by the way, I haven't heard, but if all it takes is a sorry, then you are right back to Emily Oster Amnestyville. But only for your special Fifi heroes. Beautiful this time of year, Amnestyville. Room for you, Borlis and Gates. Just say that you were duped or you did the best you could with the science, wink, wink. And anyway, we got our marching orders from the monster. Investigation shuts down immediately. So this is good. Governor Ron is moving on the seal. We'll play that clip, actually, if we have time next. Otherwise, tomorrow. My pointed question my pointed questions. Okay, here we go. Oh, look, look who's sitting at the desk with Governor Ron. It's Dr. J, Dr. J Budachara, who I tried to ask in a DM discussion last year about the VARES chart, which was already a hockey stick graph. Does this get awkward, even as a little bit as people go galloping into no amnesty, except for this list of people I like? My pointed questions were rooted in his glowing advocacy for the toxic jabs. And yes, we knew by then that they were very dangerous. In this October 2021 interview with the Hoover Institution, Jay Batachera said, yes, so COVID vaccines in particular are extremely effective at preventing against severe disease. Hmm. Yeah. How about uh, Dr. Asimo? Oh, I'm sorry. I missed. How about plastic, plastic tree son-in-law and jackass Kudlow? She's not a fan of uh, Jared Kushner. Um, Jared Kushner, the Lancet has a study that Operation Warp Speed saved over 20 million lives because of how fast it occurred. That was only four months ago. And then Dr. Asim Holter and Dr. John Campbell. Dr. John Campbell puts out YouTube videos every day now talking about the death rates, but both of them were pushing for the shots a year ago. So I can just hear the Kumbaya shouting right now. We have to forgive. Fuck all the dead people let off the cliff. So what? Mm-hmm. Where do we draw a line with amnesty? 
Do the good guys get a pass? What is the cutoff? If Fauci and Burks and Walensky and ACIP all come out and say, whoops, Dolch botching shit, sorry, they are in the not a movement? Do you just pick people you like and that's that? Does anything matter? Does reality even matter at all? At all? At all? About what happened? Are we just going to pretend now? Hmm. I really like Sage, by the way. I really like her writing style. Her, her, um, she has a way with words. Again, agree, Igor, that Ron seems to be the best available candidate. And if he leans into this and we have a reliable and trustworthy voting system, let, let it vote him in America. If the power is there, then let's see it in action. Who does the DOD work for? As to that subpoena Pfizer, by all means, yes. And much like with Anthony Fauci's redacted emails and the Joker, Alex Berenson's lawsuit with Twitter, the stonewalling is going to be incredible as the monster closes ranks. So where, where does it stop? Anyway. So as I was saying before, sure, I never, we we have about three minutes. So to art, but I did. Oh, good God. So, Look, uh-huh. if you were out there supporting the goddamn fucking jab, all right, I would say you were looking around the fuck around scale of 10, okay? Which in the. So, wait, 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 wait. But when? If you were if you were supporting the jab a year ago or you were at, at five? I'm saying six, at any time. Seven, at any time. Any, any time anytime. from the beginning. Any time from the beginning. Okay. If you were supporting the jab, you were looking about a 10. Uh, you took okay? the jab. If. If you're still talking about it like that, you're still at a find out scale of 10. So if you look at it, you max this some bitch out. All right. It's maxed out. Period. If you fuck around and about it, if you want to find out about a seven, well, you come out here to our gradient line. You find right down the scale. Oh, there it is. There's seven. Look at that. Fuck. That's what happens. If you want to find out if you hey, if you never fuck around, you're never going to find out. It's amazing. It's amazing. You too can never find out if you never fuck around. Look at that. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Mick looked out. He did take the jab. He took the jab in December of 2020. Yeah. Um, he was one of the first and he very much lucked out. Um, he'd had his blood tested. He's he has no toxic spike proteins in his blood. Um, either he was, and he was given a placebo or the anthrax vaccine kicked out the COVID jab, but, um, don't take, don't play Russian roulette the way this jackass did. Um, you know, Hey, I was doing it for our listeners. Let's see what really happens. One of us is jabbed. One of us isn't. What if you shed on me? What if I shit? I won't shit on you. What if what you if- shed on me? I'm going to make a t-shirt with the, the snake that says, don't shed on me. Oh, instead of don't tread on me. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at you. Mm-hmm. You better make it like an ouchie snake. Don't do the actual Getson. Do the ouchie snake. There's a different one. Okay. There's one that you do that's not a don't tread on me snake. Anyway, all it's right. It's a different snake. Gotcha. We anyway, got to go. We got to get out of here. Um, and hey, our uh, our sponsor for tonight, our featured sponsor is, is us. It's PatriotPartyPod.com. Uh, I dropped some new merch today. Go check it out. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, you save uh, 20% off your first order with promo code Defiant. There you go. Yep. Go get it there, folks. Yep. Either way, we will be back tomorrow night, 545 uh, for Liana's Lounge mm-hmm. at 6 p.m. The regular show will start um, tomorrow night. No guest. 
No, it's Wednesday. No okay. guests. No guests tomorrow. Yeah. So you just have us tomorrow night for two hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, other than that, we will see you fuckers tomorrow night. Uh, like, share, subscribe, par for the course. As for myself, the Mick. And be Lynn. We will talk to you fuckers tomorrow night. Have a great night, folks. Thanks for watching. and alligators, but once you get to the gate, you can't depend on your waiters, cause you'll be over your tater, I'm talking growing tomatoes, feeding the worms, I fish with later, I'll have a fish stick plate over a six foot grave, before I take a knee, as our anthem plays, my hands on my heart, I stand on what I say, and my second amendment handles what I can, I ain't trying to be feeling badass or talk shit, I'm just saying, there's the line, don't cross it. I got a red rod gun when I was three, so I don't run or hide from anything. Bitch, I'm a red, white, and blue collar bug on the side. Yeah. You can fuck around and find out. Love my country, love my freedom. Fuck the welfare, now I don't need them. Shotgun raised from the woods to the plate. Ain't never went hungry, ain't never too late. To come around here, son, running your mouth. You can fuck around and find out. Oh, Jay. You can fuck around and find out. If they looking for me, well, they know where to find me. I'll be half drunk, strapped up in a white tee. I can show you if it's needed. When you see it, you'll believe it. If you don't love it, you can leave it. Michael Jackson, you can feel it. F-A-F-O, I teach you how this game go. Different joints, same smoke. Wake up, wear the same clothes. Real redneck, I'm a piece of white trash. Collar boy, but my lady side class Got the music way up loud With a cigar in my mouth Fuck around and come find out How we do it in the South Ain't saying nothing but you running that mouth I never take a hand out, I'm too damn proud I'm a son of the dirty South With a truck seat high and he straight pipes loud This land, land of freedom Double barrels in case we need Man up, we'll sit your ass down we done talking, fuck around and find out Love my country, love my freedom Fuck the welfare, now I don't need them Shotgun raised from the woods to the plate Ain't never went hungry, ain't never too late To come around here, son, running your mouth You can fuck around and find out